0: You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3 R,
1: 102.7 in Melbourne. Afternoon, everybody. How'd you be? What you doing? Here we are. I've got Matt Stedman here.
2: Greetings. It's very, uh, it's a restrained start to the program. Well, yes, I just yeah. thought
1: it, it's a restrained kind of day. because Isn't it? It's sort of, it feels to me today, getting up and looking around after the crazy night that we had, the wind, yes, the tempest, well, the- all around. The- theoretically th- not
2: finished because there's threatening thunderstorms
1: and hail perhaps later on today. Indeed there is. If you um, if you have a fireplace,
2: yes. hug it. Lucky you, if you have a fireplace.
1: Yeah, lucky old you. Um, there is, yeah, chance of showers, hail, thunder. Poor old blossom that's come out. <laughs> yes, just like it with just... spring. I oh. stick my hat. Head... Oh, whoa. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Um, welcome to the afternoon. Thanks to the scientists. Thank you to the mm. doctors. Marinara, Tim Thorpe, et al. Graveyarders. Or at al. Party show. Party show. Yeah. Live wire. <laughs> Going whoa. <well. laughs> well, <well, well>, well. <laughs> and then it was 1947. Um, it's been good. And we look forward to uh to having you join us, mm. dear listener. Wherever you might be. I mean are you snuggled up in bed. Is it all still nice and snug and you don't want to get up? Probably a good idea. Just get a cup of coffee and maybe a a little pastry or something like that. Maybe on the road like my uh my very, very lovely uh neighbour, um, Jason Leone are off to Castle, Castle Main. Castle is a
2: very nice part of the world. Yeah, no, that'd be
1: good. So anyway, whatever you're doing, mm. thanks for joining us. Um, what have we got to, on today's show? Well, the first thing we have to do is, uh, don't often do this, but mm. um, for one of our Triple R Radio compatriots. Yes. From Greening the Apocalypse. Yes. Bushy. How's your hangover? Hey. It was his birthday yesterday, and um, he might have tired on. I, I, I wanted to join, but I couldn't make it. So apologies, but happy birthday to you, Bushy. Um, John will be joining us. Remember, John? From-
2: John from the Queen Victoria market who, after decades, after generations, has uh, stepped away from his stall. We hope temporarily whilst he looks after his health. But we're going to check in with him and see how he's recovering and
1: what's good at the market. Specifically to uh, do the $6 million man type thing on his shoulders, which need to be kind of rebuilt from... Probably from emptying trucks for a very, very long time. But we're going to have a market report from him and just check in because, let's face it, he's been part of the EDIT team for a couple footy seasons now. Now, I spoke to
2: him just 10 minutes before the show, and guess what, Cam? He's actually at the market. Is he really? He's Unstoppable.
1: He is, okay. (laughs) Unstoppable John. He's a force. Um, Waiting in the green room uh, to come on, we have the founding chef Mm. of the Feast of Merit in Richmond. Yes. An interesting model, one would say, Yes. uh, of cooking. Ravi Presser Mm. of interesting descent, and that's something about us Australians. I don't know if I've ever told you this, folks. My background or uh, nationalities, Mm. Russian. And Canadian. Your lineage. I don't know. Russian and <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, Russian There's Canadian. a
2: story there, but we probably don't have time for yeah, it. Yeah, a-
1: Adam Adam De Silva, who's uh, Italian and Indian, unless mm. I'm very much mistaken. But Ravi's coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about uh of but he's Indian and Polish. Indian and Polish. Huh? Yeah. Dal Makani with lots of dill on it. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll find out about... Uh, him and just to bring us a little bit of sunshine yes. on this gloomy low cloud hanging kind of day kath reed yes she of mesa verde yes um wonderful place uh, in that uh, cliche coming here vertical laneway or alley yes, in curtain house, house on swanson street um. and again uh,
2: it's just above cookies one and one of my favorite places to take tourists who come to Melbourne, because it's just such a great little Melbourne place, because it's, it's up the vertical laneway. It's Unique. Bloody good
1: food. It's not generic. Excellent Every bar. one of those people that are in there are all independent. There's yes. no sort of big chains or things in there. This is true. Ooh. Excellent bar. Good tunes. Mm. So, um,
2: yeah, thoroughly recommended.
1: And how do you cook Mexican food if you want to avoid the yellow and red packets in the supermarket? Yeah. It's possible. Of course, it's possible. So um, we're going to have a, a chat to her about um, such things. Mm. Um, I have a food quote of today. Excellent. Uh, from a bloke who wrote um, the book. You probably have it in your collection, The Glorious Oyster, 1960. What? D- if it is, it's somewhere towards the back of my collection. Yes. Oh, I have an author's copy. <laughs> anyway, his name was Hector belito and uh, it's just kind of fun. Here, hear me out. Go. He said. Oysters mm. are the most tender and delicate of all seafoods. They stay in bed all day and night. They never work or take exercise. Are stupendous drinkers and wait for their meals to come to them. Boom. Here, end few. <laughs> Did you like that? Yes. Um, and um, there was a couple of things that were just looking back over history. Uh, 1962, this... Um, Day marks the sad demise of one Marilyn Monroe.
2: Really? Uh Uh-huh. I did not know
1: that. American actress remembered as being crowned Artichoke Queen of 1947 in Castroville, California. Do you remember that? I do not. We haven't said that for a few years. (laughs) Um, And then also just um, someone, a, a titan of cooking of the Victorian era. Uh, and Alex Benoit Sawyer died. He was a French chef and author, chef of the London Reform Club. He opened kitchens in Ireland during the famine mm. to sell food at half price. This was a huge famine. Mm. The, 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 what was it called? The Gortmore.
2: The Gortmore. The
1: Gortmore. One mm. of the,
2: the, the great lessons of monoculture in... Now, modern civilisations that we haven't learned.
1: No, we haven't. No, really. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he was an advisor on food to the British Army during mm-hmm. the Crimean War. He invented several stoves and kitchen utensils, wrote the Pantrophion, or History of Food, in 1853, a shilling cookery book for the people, uh, Sawyer's Charitable Cookery, 1847. He was quite... An amazing person, and there's a very interesting book that's been written about him. Actually, we should revisit that maybe after Radiothon. Oh, and did we mention it is Radiothon coming up?
2: Next week, you're going to hear a lot more about that. Next week, uh, for 10
1: Days on Triple AAA, which I'm looking forward to. It'll be good. It's a spooky theme. It is a spooky theme. But don't be spooked about uh, supporting this great station. Mm. Um, uh, We very, very quickly look at each other and we go... What's, What's that, that in, in your mouth? mouth we say um, this is where we sort of look back over the week and we look at the uh, the triumphs and the uh, and the disasters <laughs> yes. of cooking. Um, Matt, with the help of a friendly Italian called Locatelli yes. has uh, managed to do the greatest risotto known to
2: the free world. Well, no, only the greatest known to oh, okay. the kitchen of Matt Stedman. Oh, okay, right, let's bring it back. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't suggest it's the greatest in the world. But Cut I've, out
1: the hyperbole. So what did you do that was different oh, and amazeballs? Well, I
2: finally cooked a risotto that I'm quite pleased with after mm. years and years For, of What? Time. I know. No, no just... They've...
1: How many risottos have you made? Oh,
2: A lot. Enough to, to, to not... Really be able to count them, but you know it's. But you've of, never made one that you've been happy with. But it's such an elusive dish because it's got to be prepared mm. just so. And often I find mm. with with risottos, especially stuff that, that that I make, you sort of you get halfway through it and you go, "Well, I'm kind of bored of this flavor What? It's just it's just this big one, <laughs> this capricious whim of matt well, yeah. I don't know, um, I don't like you anymore. Done with this. Who one. are you? But anyway, there was I don't
1: even recognize you.
2: The risotto I cooked this week was <laughs> yes. a mushroom risotto, and here are my what top sort of mushrooms? Uh, well, here's a few of my top tips. First one, and you probably already know this, but uh, dried porcini are amazing. Soaked and then put in with the rice is how you get that base. That sort of that real
1: glutamate fender u- umami
2: pre base sort of bottom into your food. It's we were delicious. we were
1: talking fender precision. Fretless. <laughs> Fretless base. <laughs> okay, just in your a, dish. The analogy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. second top tip that... Uh, oh, can I you give you one thing th- about please. that? Yes. Porcini. Never buy them in those little tiny packets for five grams because you're getting ripped off. Yeah, right. Uh, if you want porcini, go to Mediterranean. You can get a big bag. It's going to cost you 50 bucks, but it'll last you forever. Forever. Because you really
2: only need a handful. They're quite... Yeah, you do. They're, they're you do. Just a thing. Uh, second- Juice. Second top two. Oh the juices, yes, of course. So uh once you've dried your sorry, once you've soaked your porcino mushrooms and you sort of you squeeze squeeze the mushrooms out so they're not too soggy, mm. the juice that's left in that little cup, uh make sure gold. Black s- gold. make sure you strain it, but it should go in because it's just it's just this yeah. little cup yeah. of why amazingness. Why would you throw it away? It's awesome. Crazy. Tip number two, Tip number two. uh <laughs> if you can find it use carnaroli rice. Well yeah, or, is or, fine. Oh, okay, yeah. But canaroli is preferred, and, and you can normally get canaroli now from, you know, the, even like if you're in a suburban shopping centre, there's usually like your, your uptown deli somewhere, mm. those guys will have carnaroli rice. Okay. Just go and ask. Okay. Uh, and then the third top tip was, as for the fresh mushrooms, Yes, cook them separately. So oh. so, so you got your, your your pan with your risotto in that you're stirring with the stock, stock and stir, stock and stir. Stock and stir, At stock the same and stir. Time, time. When
1: did you get bored? I mean, this is really exciting. <laughs> stock and stir, stock and stir. At the yeah. same time, you've got yes. your frying
2: pan there, just gently frying off some mushrooms, a little bit of garlic. <laughs> so <it's> just <laughs> And you only add the fresh mushrooms sort of right towards the end as you add the parmesan and the butter.
1: When you do, you mount the, uh, yes. the risotto with the butter. That's, yes. the, oh, that's probably the big one for me. Is mm. that um, the, the butter at the end with the parmesan gives it that gloss and it makes it fantastic.
2: Locatelli suggests you, you, got, you let the risotto stand before you put the butter and parmesan. So just once it's all done, you just leave it sit there for two or three minutes with the lid on.
1: Yeah.
2: Then you put your butter and your parmesan. And you just beat the living oh, hell out okay. of it. Bah! <laughs> beat the <lifting.
1: laughs> You don't know what's going to eat your risotto. No. And okay.
2: that was what was in my mouth. It was delicious.
1: <laughs> and 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 I guess the the main thing with risotto, it should fall. It mm. should be nice. Should never clump. If you have a clumpy risotto, be gone with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, yeah, anyway. Uh, risotto. Um, Twelve. Twelve. Um, did I do anything exciting? Not really. I uh, cooked an omelette the other night. That was kind of good.
2: We were saying an omelette's a very very easy thing to get wrong.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and I don't know a little bit of love, and but it, it's it's such a an easy once you get the knack of something, and maybe that's something that we can talk about. It's that a technique you should you should do. Everybody should know how to make an omelette because sometimes you come home mm. drunk. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, they're great for breakfast and all that sort of stuff. But I reckon yeah, late at night, an omelette is just a marvelous thing. Yeah. To eat. And everyone has eggs in the fridge normally, mm-hmm. most of the time. I had a little bit of cacciatore, which I cubed up and sort of fried off just a little bit, and a little bit of tomato, a little bit of spring onion. Oh, and there was uh, – oh, and also some cheese. And yes. And it just took that so well. Anyway, so omelets. And um, so risotto. Yes. Don't be frightened. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Why, thank that you. you've made finally – this this risotto well, about, that you happy with. Do, do you remember
2: a million years ago we had George Negus on the show and he'd written a book about um, yes. football in Italy and an Italian pad? But he talked, he spoke about the fact that one of oh, his... That's
1: a long time ago.
2: His life dreams was just to nail risotto. He found it very elusive just to try and get one that was absolutely perfectly right. And no, I feel him. I feel the Negus.
1: Yeah, I feel the Negus within. Yeah. Who would have thunk that? Well, yeah, it's one of those things. You've got to keep trying these things, but once you get it... It's in your repertoire. And that's that's a really, really great thing. And mm. all the marketers who say that you can't cook at home and on the T V you just go <laughs> And on that that's bomb... your, your mature response. Yeah, on that bombshell. We're gonna we're gonna do something. We're gonna talk to John yes. later. You're on Triple R. It's the afternoon. It's cold out there. Come and snuggle up with us.
2: That's next week on Triple R, and uh, I'm hoping here he is. My good friend and colleague Cameron Smith is <laughs> striding back to the
1: microphone. <laughs> I was just in the green room having a chat. Guessing everyone was cool. Having a yak, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I'm uh, presuming, yes, the lights flashing and on yes. some the special line number eight, we have uh, John from the market. How are you doing, buddy?
3: Not bad yourself.
1: Oh, listen to that voice! Isn't it good to hear your voice? I'm good.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm playing tourist. I'm walking around a market. I met up with a friend of mine and we had coffee and gone and talked to a few storeholders and now we're walking around and picking what veggies we like for the week, so life's good
1: God, it sounds busy down there I
3: can't hear you, sorry Ah, no.
1: oh, well there you go, case in point, QED um, it, it sounds busy
3: Yeah, there's a few people around um, This a...
1: <laughs> <laughs> is working well Poor old John.
2: Uh, he must have dropped into the black spot
1: at the Queen Vic market then. He did. Why mm. don't you... i tell you what, I'll just pad out <laughs> while we might give John another ring. We're gonna, we're gonna so use like the... Maybe hit the thing... Sometimes you can hit the off button with your uh, with your cheek or something like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway, so we were speaking with John. At a very uh, busy Queen Vic market. I presume he's at the Queen Vic.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think yeah. we
1: might have to ask him what he sees that's kind of good. Here we go. Take two. Yeah, I lost yeah, yeah. Hi, John. Yeah. So, um, first of all, how does it feel to be a civilian in the market?
3: Well, a little bit strange, but good yeah. as well, because it's a different experience walking around and looking at prices and saying, you know, will I eat this or will I eat that, where, you know, normally when I'm in the stall, I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that home and mm. see what happens. So this uh, a little bit more planned. So what's, that's in, good. So what's, good. It,
1: what's in your basket?
3: Uh, well we got some handful beans from my neighbour Kingston here. Mm. Um, he's got them at $10 a kilo I saw. Some machine pick for $5. So as we normally say, you know, you get what you pay for, so we, we may not eat them for another four or five days, so they'll sit in the crisper yep. and they'll be just as beautiful as uh, when we got them. I got um, some white sweet potato and some purple sweet potato Ooh. to sit beside some beautiful roast pork that we're going to have tomorrow night. Ooh. Uh what else do we get? We picked up a little bit of fruit. There's um some awful American cherries around but yeah. if you desperate you can buy a, a little handful and have a bit of a treat.
1: You know how I feel about that, John.
3: Yeah, and um we got some beautiful ve- uh veggies we're gonna have a stir fry as well.
1: Yeah. And you got bread?
3: Uh not yet. We're gonna walk past the bread shop and get some lovely cabata there from Michael because mm. their bread's always good. Um, We've been picking some up in um, Oakley, but it's not as nice as this bread. I I like this bread. I like nice and oily and right amount of salt.
1: Oh, is that that ciabatta that you get?
3: Yeah, the ciabatta. That's
1: the Noisette ciabatta. Yeah, no, that's that's a ripper. So, all right, well, um, before we just ask how your shoulder's going, you may as well tell us, so uh, what do you reckon the very peak of the market is today?
3: uh, Some beautiful capsicums, nice big robust uh, green and red, which would be beautiful either to stop or to uh, grill and then have a beautiful um, bread and capsicum sandwich for lunch.
1: Sounds good. Or you, um, could, um, you could sort of cook them up, um, put them in the oven, skin them, put them in the food processor, and you can have it as a beautiful sauce under some fried fish.
3: Oh yeah, it's I a love that. That you can make from it. And um, lots of vitamin C. We don't do that so much but I, I do like it again. Uh, yep. even beside a nice steak, it's good. Yep, fruit. Um, what about
1: fruit? Pick of the pick of the market? Uh,
3: there's plenty of citrus round. There's mm. probably two or three um, different varieties of uh, red orange, blood orange, oh there is um and uh, I haven't seen any Seville. There's some no. um, Beautiful mandarins There's the big puppy ones um, What do they call um, The, the Mercots Not puppy ones Oh honey Mercot no, uh, Yeah There's mangelos Beautiful Not too expensive Anything from two To five dollars a kilo Yeah and then I'm having a look at some of the berry prices that Robert's got here. Uh, he's got raspberries, the eight dollars a box, but you gotta live in a wild side sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I suppose so. All right. Well, thanks for that, John. Now, um, just let us know because, uh, look, you've been an integral part of the show for so many years and, uh, it just doesn't seem right when you know you're not there. We still don't get to talk to you because we miss you. And, and how is the shoulder going?
3: Well, my first shoulder, which I did in March, is coming on very, very good. So 10 days ago, we had the operation on the other shoulder. So this is my first real outing, and it's been good to get out. But this one's given me a little bit more grief and pain, but time will heal off, and then we'll get back to normal. and hopefully by Christmas we may be back on board again.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's that's lovely, lovely news, and... uh i suppose um yeah you might even be feeling it with the cold and sort of the, does the the weather sort of affect how it feels
3: um not so much because more the procedure there's kind of, a procedure that's a little yeah. bit harder than okay. other one i've been feeling it a bit but nothing that you can't bear mm. you know when you're looking for a result you know whatever happens happens as long as you get there in the end so yeah not matter.
1: uh well look john it's great to hear from you um one last question, uh what's for dinner tonight? Uh
3: tonight I think we're just going to have a quick pasta. Um tomorrow night we're going to have a smuggler's water food side.
1: So Got some we'll of pork able and the
3: food. Yeah, yeah, so we're looking forward to tomorrow night, but nothing wrong with the pasta tonight. We might get lucky and get handmade pasta because um, we left Franca at home, she didn't want to come out, so normally when she's bored she gets busy and makes something special for us, so we're yeah. lucky in that respect too. Well,
1: and what sort, of, uh, what sort of sauce do you think you're going to get with uh, it?
3: Well, what... because we did um, sausages and that, we've got plenty of pork bones in the freezer, so she'll make a ragu goo with the pork bones and... Fresh pork sausages, or she may even use a little bit of beef.
1: Sounds good to me.
3: Yeah, it's always good. Our, our sauce, we make it, um, and it's always nice and sweet as well. Yes. Because uh, we got the right tomatoes, and then the right meat makes the best for good.
1: Of course. I mean, why, why would I doubt you, John, I mean, after all these years? Um, John, um, hope you have a lovely meal. Sounds like tomorrow is going to be quite uh, the production.
3: Definitely.
1: Well, great to hear uh, from you, and uh, we might check in on you in uh, in the next few weeks just to see how you're going and uh, and how you're seeing the the market as uh, as a yeah. civilian.
3: You're most welcome.
1: All right, mate. Well, uh, all the best. Say hi to the family, and look forward to speaking to you soon. We'll see you post radiothon, my friend.
3: Okay. Thank you. All the best to everyone out there too. Hmm.
1: There he is. With, uh, that's uh, that was a very much the Queen Victoria ambiance, wasn't it's it? It's very
3: lively down I there. I miss today. that.
1: Yeah, I really do miss uh, Miss John being on the air. But anyway, we can't because he's just there then. Twelve twenty three on three Triple FM. It's uh, I think it's Apra Week, is it not? It is. And um, and so maybe we'll just uh, send a few shekels through <laughs> to this band. Some good Australian music. Some good good Australian music. With a contemporary theme. Watch out for those colossal mushrooms, huh? Yes. <laughs> Ravi
0: presso How are you going? Thanks for having me.
1: I'm good. Sorry, I got all... It's been sort of a nice subdued thing, but for some reason I sort of lifted Lift it up. Lifted it up right. the top a little bit. Bring it back, because it's, it's that sort of a Sunday, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Sundays is about just... Uh,
0: Taking it down a notch, I think, isn't it? Yeah, okay. And
1: uh, do you sort of feel like it is sort of out there, the last sort of gasp of winter?
0: Yeah, let's hope so, because it's been a very, very cold winter. So, not a lot of rain, which is nice. Getting a little bit now, which is good.
1: Which is good. Just glad we're not on the mountain. But uh, we got you in here, um, first of all. I'm going to see you at the uh, the the lovely Docklands Library the library at the docks I think it's library called Library at the
0: Docks yeah, for the winter winter glow talks Winter Glow Talks
1: which we've got which um is coming up it's going to be a kind of an interesting thing and I thought we can talk a little bit about the model that you were sort of talked into Yeah by <laughs> by the guys from some Feast very of crazy Merit.
0: people that wanted Tell to Tell us about them. So yeah, Feast of Merit. Yeah. Uh, down yeah, there in Richmond. Down 3, in 1, Richmond 2, on Swan 1. Street. So, yeah. yeah, social enterprise. So it's owned uh, by a charity organisation called YGAP. Yeah. So they basically work with communities here and overseas. So 100% yes. of the profits go towards uh, helping those communities. In so the-
1: it's a much different model than what we see with most of the capitalist orientated restaurants so
0: it's a way of giving back by doing what we all love to do having a coffee having a meal Mm. and uh you know you are actually contributing to to those communities by simply going and having a feed so how did they find you uh very good friends of mine started the organization about 10 years ago so they've sort of approached me on a couple of occasions where they wanted to get involved with food Mm. um knowing my background in food so we launched a cafe in the city called. Kinfolk Cafe, yeah. um, and then subsequently after that, they sort of wanted to take things to another level, and they said, "Oh, let's open a restaurant." And, and I said, you
1: said, "Are you guys
0: crazy, <laughs> cray cray?" And they said, "No, no, we're serious. No, no, we're
1: not, not cray cray."
0: Uh, we're very serious and look, I've got to give it to them. Look, for a bunch of uh volunteers and uh, now now they've got paid staff. But we we started it in you know, uh three and a half years ago and it's it's the success of altruism. A hundred percent. And you I know, think and that's, um,
1: and that's kind of a, a a great thing, isn't it?
0: Well it is. I think a lot of people generally would love to be able to give back yeah. if they don't have those avenues. So but for and me then,
1: and there's a lot of people that really poo poo sort <laughs> of altruism. Oh yeah, well you know you sort yeah, of there's like a them.
0: lot of skeptics out there, a lot of cynicism, nice you put.
1: know, yeah, um, yeah. So and that's fine. Look, yeah, whatever you say. Are we just going to keep going? And, and we're doing gonna keep what going to keep doing it. Exactly. We're going to yeah. keep, you know, giving Screw back. You
0: guys, <laughs> giving back, and, to and use the Cartman and trying thing. to make a difference if we can. But mm. yeah. no, it's been good. Look, we're uh, yeah, amazing experience, amazing journey, and amazing to show what you know that sort of organisation can can make. That you know that sort of voyeurism and, and doing something for the community. You know? And
1: people can still go to Feast of Rent. I think you're saying it's uh, the actual restaurant itself is on the market now? Uh,
0: yeah, it is actually. Is so so
1: I, am, I, am I allowed to say that?
0: Uh, no, I think it's out there, public oh, knowledge. Good. I think they're, they're looking now. for an operator. <laughs> 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 so to my, to my, you're right, to my knowledge, okay. uh, they yeah. are looking for an operator. Um, they still will be organised and linked to the to charity organisation.
1: So, so who are they actually looking for?
0: It's, it's out there for, for anyone, you know, for a really smart, savvy operator to come in and sort of run the, you know, the, the crux of the business. So, yes. Yeah. And it, it,
1: it, so does that become sort of like a profit? Uh, sorry, it, it's capitalism. Sorry, I can't help <laughs> it. But, you know, what's in it for them? Do they
0: take a cut? Of oh, the, look, I, I couldn't tell. The right. intonations of all that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, from what I know, it mm. is it is on the market. The Maybe market,
1: you so. might be interested in that. It's a fabulous inner city location. I mean... Pff, it is. It's amazing
0: streets one Street. It's just, it's just a buzz all the transformed, isn't it? Winter, summer, you've got the cricket, you've got the winter, you've got the footy, you know, it's just a buzz. So yeah. it's a, it's a you know, great opportunity for someone out there potentially. But, uh, And it's a really good restaurant, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Mm. Um, you know, it's got amazing sort of um, vibe when you walk in. The interior design's amazing. It yeah, is. You know, it's now, beautiful.
1: food-wise, yep. what sort of ethos did you bring to it and, and your culinary? Because we should mention, and I think we mentioned <laughs> it at the beginning of the thing, and, and this is uh, one of the reasons... Australia, you know, this mongrel nation, yeah. this fabulous mongrel exactly, nation that yeah, we had no. built on migration. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's another, another topic for another day. That's yeah. another topic. But specifically, you, Indian, indian Polish. Polish. Yes. So Tell me, which. who was mum, dad? Mum's Indian. Mum's Indian. Uh, Dad's a
0: Polish. How Jew. did they meet? Where
1: did they meet? Uh,
0: they met in India. So, Dad went and lived in a startup community in Oroville, in yes. the south of India. You know, a startup a, community. Yeah, so basically there were a bunch of people from all over the world that decided to come and start a community called Oroville. It's yeah. still there today. Yeah. And, um, they it's like were. like a commune. Something. Yeah, like a commune <laughs> almost. Whoa. Yeah. So, dad was actually, uh, he provided all the, he was a dairy farmer there. So, he yeah. had about 200, 300 head of cattle. Yes. And he would provide milk and cheese for the whole, for the whole community. Or, as,
1: or as Trump called them recently, the, the milk people. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Oh, anyway, Trump sorry. Don't no trouble Trump, Trump friends. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he, he was,
0: a, he was a dairyman. He was, he was a dairyman. Mm. Uh, and, uh, met mum over there. And then, uh, they came back to Australia no, hey, after that. Yeah, so and there was, there was <laughs> sparks. His name was cow john's funny enough and i think uh you know she was uh wooed by his uh, status within the community really being in charge of all the milk products yeah. <laughs> you want milk You yeah. talk to him well milk was pretty uh highly regarded in india at those times so yeah you know so so yeah, yeah so they met and came back to australia and and uh the rest is history I and, so. and,
1: and tell us about her
0: mum's amazing yeah f- you know from the south of india amazing cook and that kind of leads into food's always been an amazing part of my life growing up whether it was you know the jewish grandmother or the or the indian mother wow so food was paramount at every dinner table at every you know event but such a
1: diverse cuisine i know you know it's like pickles and dill (laughs) and shmatana you know sour cream and dumplings and then and curry yeah, hot spicy and really then you've hot, got the, spicy. the symphonies that that is indian cuisine yeah. you know the underlying use of spices and 100% yeah. how do those two marry together in your head uh there are a lot of i do
0: we talked a little bit about uh, cooking from nostalgia and i do remember mm. i do remember a lot of stuff growing up that i do tend to go back to Such know, as? go back to the well what's what's the comfort? Yeah, and the, the Let's comfort face food it. yeah
1: comfort food is is, is stuff that you didn't have to cook yourself. I mean, mm. that's that's basically it is. One hundred percent. The food that was provided for you that has such a, a bearing on uh, a resonance, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, exactly. So what what were the dishes for you?
0: Oh, look, I still I try to recreate them and don't probably do a very good job. But you oh, know, really? grandma's meatballs, for instance, or miseria, which is a you know a pickled cucumber dish with sugar and vinegar and, and, and salt. And mi- Seems it pretty it's simple. Really simple. It's Seems a pe- really simple, it's a peasant dish, obviously, it means misery, so they used to eat it in the ghetto, um, because it was cheap. You the know,
1: name <laughs> of the dish is misery. <laughs>
0: <Miseria>. Wow. <laughs> it's got dill, cucumbers, sugar, salt, uh, vinegar, you know, so it's a really so simple black dish. black
1: humour sort of thing, <laughs> this thing, misery, that's a misery, oh, yeah, it's good.
0: Um, and then on mum's side, obviously, the curry, so I've got a bit of a staple of mine that I make. Just a really simple chicken curry that it's a sort of go-to meal, and yeah. intertwine lamb every now and then with it, or fish even, and maybe put some tamarind in there and you know, sour it up a little bit. But mm. from my cooking, I do like even at feast, there are elements. It's obviously Middle Eastern, but there are elements um, where I do sort of remember back to growing up and some of the things that grandma would make, and I will you know sort of utilize that and, and try to put that into the food that I'm creating. So. Yeah, it's So it's,
1: it's a it's a little bit of love that comes through it is. From I hope, the I hope, generations, I hope it, isn't it comes
0: I hope it comes through. Yeah. Kidding. I think I think it does by the reaction that I get from people about the sort of flavours and the, that sort of they always ask, mm-hmm. What's the secret? What what are you doing? I said, so of course it's the love, you know. <laughs> There's well, no it's, secret.
1: <laughs> Well, it's that it, it's sort of that intent when you when you're cooking and why you're doing it. It really isn't it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely.
1: And you know, we don't have to get like you know too like water for chocolate on on the whole thing, <laughs> which you, you know of. You yeah, know, yeah that was and that is that whole book is that expression of. Pretty much the the intention that you have when you're cooking comes through into the dish, doesn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I look, a lot of the dishes, when you think about dishes in your head and then when they actually come out onto the plate, you are, everything, oh, I always say to the guys before we do a new menu or thing, it's all in your head and then it's all on the plate and you're kind of like, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you kind of get the flavours in your head and you know what works together. And
1: but your it, body is this intermediary <laughs> of interpreting is exactly. isn't it? This sometimes it doesn't work out, things.
0: sometimes it does, so it's a little bit of a, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like Matt, he's talking about his risottos.
0: Yeah, I heard
1: about that. The, the quest for the risotto. The perfection Over of, many years, I think I'm almost there. Of yeah, the risotto. It's,
0: it's, 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 to perfect a risotto, is a, it's an art, I think, you know, so...
1: Oh yeah it's something that you you need to persist with i i, I guess, and that's a lot of that stuff with cooking because it 's so this with with a lot of cooking and especially cooking professionally, it is just. Repetition. It is
0: repetition. It, it is. That the more consistent you can be in your in your craft, the better the better you are. And mm. as much as I always tell a lot of young chefs, I'm like, you're going to come to work every day and do the same thing. Mm. We're going to do it better and better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. And that's you look at all the best restaurants in Melbourne. And you go in there and you know what you're going to get. And it's as good as the last time you had it, mm. and then you know you get creative and you put new dishes on there, and then you know so that's that sort of that repetition is extremely important.
1: It is. It's sort of like I remember um, uh, Anthony Bourdain um, was 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 talking about. You know, the last person I want in my line, <laughs> I don't want an artist. Yeah, exactly. I just want someone that just keeps doing that, but. Um, Feast of Merit, one of the things that was really, really important for you, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about just to get an idea, yeah. because for our talk on Tuesday, is the fact that it was about establishing relationships yeah. with Very suppliers, good. and that's kind of a important thing moving forward that we're able to well, support
0: food. yeah 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 look the future of food where, where are we going what, what's important to us as chefs or as a hospitality community and mm. i think you know we had the conversation around what are the things that are important to me and i think you know paramountly mm. is those relationships that we make with the amazing suppliers that's what keeps me getting up every day and going to work to be honest yeah um you know very lucky to have Amazing people like, you know, Russell Mickle from Miller with Chickens and, you know, Shane yeah. Blundy from Cherry Tree Organics, you know, when you are, I can speak to them on the phone about what's happening on the farm and how, it's, how's your
1: week been, it's, it's, it's really amazing insight. It's knowing that person, yeah. establishing a relationship with that person and knowing the narrative mm. of about why their ethos about why they are doing what 100%, they're doing.
0: Yeah, and that flows through to the restaurant as well. You know, what they're sort of promoting then follows through to what I want to do and then follows through to the customer and what they take away from the meal. So yeah. you want to have that symmetry, and uh, that is really important for me as a chef and obviously the future of food I think people are looking towards you know, that sort of slower food movement. Let's hope so anyway. And mm. you know, we had the discussion about the the two, you know, the monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> the and then but
1: then that they crashes up with the constraints of growing populations and yeah, exactly. declining <laughs> agriculture. Ah, um, okay. Last question yep. before we let you go, before we get Kath Reid in, is... Um, and I'm gonna ask Kath this so a yeah. question I notice <laughs> Kath, she's looking, paying attention. Hi Kath. Um, what's in your pantry? What are your secret weapons in your Ooh, pantry? Good question. We did um, before we were talking dried porcini was one yes. of Matt's little secret mm. things.
0: Uh, secret. So well, no, no, it doesn't have to be secret. Just your just, got, we, just we, do we, the
1: Julie Andrews. These are a few of my yeah, these favorite are my, things.
0: Uh, freaka at the moment. So freaka, green wheat freaka. So yes, grain. I've uh, been cooking with that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what else? Lots. Of, I'm into condiments. I'm a big condiments kind oh, of guy. So, so, so lots of customers. mustards <laughs> and hot chili sauces yes. and you name it. Every time I'm in a little smoke shop paprika, and everything and all obscure yeah. little stuff. So lots of condiments. You know, lots of Asian noodles. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> big fan of the packet noodle. <laughs> well,
1: okay. Here's something. I mean, an a, a Asian noodle can be fairly pedestrian, and mundane. But you can jazz, oh, it, yeah, up, jazz it up, especially if you've got all those condiments oh, in there. Hundred
0: percent. You know, always you know, boiled egg in there, a whole egg, and maybe whole some, egg, some cabbage, and you know, a couple of vegetables, and you've got a proper soup on your hands. I oh, think so. You go. You know, yeah.
1: Easy as that. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> and um, you've left Feast of Merit I now, i take
0: I have left the, uh, Feast of Merit. And, and now uh, you are
1: no longer worrying about a la carte and no, how many people are going to No, running a
0: catering and events uh, organisation mm. uh, called Damn Fine Food. We'll get a little plug-in for Damn Fine Food? Yeah. As in the Dan, Dan? The Dan. How's she Dan Dan. going? Dan. She's going well. We're doing so high. I will, I will. So, yeah, been there in the role as the head chef, running the base kitchen there for about uh, since January. That's and, um, quite a
1: significant role. Yeah, it's good. You Going. <laughs> oh wow, I did not know this Well, look, i um, looking forward to seeing you at the library on Tuesday I think there's some other sessions that are happening yeah, So right. um, please uh, go to library at the docks It's a fabulous building And as we were saying, it's kind of unusual in That it represents community yeah. Down there in those concrete canyons yeah, That are windswept wastelands <laughs> In the wasteland Sorry, stop um, It is 1241 <laughs> Uh, Matt, we're going to play a little bit of Musica. Uh, yeah. Let's do that thing. <laughs> look at the hands go. It's good. Look go. Hey, Ravi, lovely to meet Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thanks for having me.
1: Iggy. Iggy. Take it away. <laughs> get ready to get your spook on, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, because Radiothon is coming. And it'll be time. And it's time now as we look across... To Catherine, bringing us a little bit of sunshine to uh, to an otherwise cold grey day. It's a bit black out there.
4: Rainy. Yeah, rainy. It's, it's raining. we need some rain.
1: Yeah, we do. We uh, we most certainly do. But um, Nessa Verde down there in Swanow Street, Swanston Street.
4: How long has that been around for now? Nearly four and a half years. I'd say up there because we're on level six, so we're not mm. down anywhere right up the top. Boom.
1: Down there. We're up there, baby. <laughs> okay. Um, so up there with the, the mess of four and a half years. Yeah. And this has been great because you've been on the ground floor of the start of that. I have. Moving yeah. on up. Um, there's been some renovations happening. Yeah. We've- you've had guys with nail bags and... Banging around at the place?
4: Yeah, we've sort of tried to strategically do those um, because the rooftop at Curtin House has been closed for quite major renovations. Oh, so what are they doing up there? Just, just putting a Putting in the swimming pool? Yeah, putting a swimming pool. <laughs> Very Is nice. solarium. 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 Uh, yeah, Polo, no, Polo no, field. Just, um, uh, you kind of have to wait and see. It's just a really beautiful big overhaul.
1: Is it going to be exciting? Yeah. Because it, it's a marvellous part of an independent Melbourne, and that's what yeah. I love about that place, and diverse. Because, you know, we just had Ravi, you know, we want to talk about diversity, and here it is, this one building represents so much.
4: Mm. It's Yeah, it's got such interesting tenancies because yeah. you've got the retail and, and all the, the, the big kind of scale venues and... Yeah, we're rock
1: a, <laughs> and live, live music venue. So sorry, um, yeah. I've, I've sort of uh, diverted you. What are the renovations that's happening um, at the Mesa?
4: At the Mesa, we've sort of had to be a bit strategic because we didn't want to close down the whole two top levels mm. um so we've been doing ours and ours aren't major they're more, more i call it a facelift mm. um so we've done those sort of on a monday tuesday wednesday you know which are a bit quieter over winter anyway and we didn't want the start we didn't want to lose our staff oh, yeah, that's our very, kind of important, our very valuable it? staff we wanted to so it's that the that you, human resource yeah. which
1: is such a big part of this Huge this whole business
4: it. it is your business really yeah. it um, is so for that reason our, our solution was to just um, we've got great builders who have worked with in the past coming back. And so our solution was just close on those days over winter and let them go
1: crazy for 24 hours and then stop.
4: Well, no, they get three days, um, three, oh, three, days three, three business days. And then, um, yeah, so we, we, tra- we've been trading from Wednesday to Sunday and look, we, we've only got another few weeks. I'm not sure exactly when we go back to full trading hours, but it won't be long, but we've got some gorgeous new booths, which make the front part feel like a bar more of a bar like you know we've got that incredible tequila selection
3: yeah. um
4: and <laughs> that now <says> that.
1: <laughs> so we low low mm, and profound. so yeah
4: now you can cozy in with with you know probably five or six pals maybe even i think we actually tested it the, the first night and with with seven of us in there and we went yep seven's pretty comfy so you can get seven per booth
1: yeah, so you can have the secret seven you can have the together. secret seven <laughs> secret yeah. seven more tequila
4: um, what else have we done? We've moved the door.
1: Oh, that's right. That was the big thing, wasn't yeah,
4: it? Yeah, we moved the door. Why didn't you
1: want to move the door?
4: Uh, it was just a bit... It was always what was a bit it with of, this door? It was always a bit of an awkward spot where you sort of had to walk out of the lift around the right, corner. Right, right. And then you couldn't see what you were... And it looked like maybe you are going to a restaurant. Um, so the bar was, you know, the beautiful marble yeah, right. backlit bar yes. was sort of obscured. So now you can see action. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, you can see. You know, what's going on? What's going on? And we've we've opened up those slot windows, so they they're now louvers, and you can see in and you can hear hear and see excitement mm. and tequila drinking and taco eating
1: and, <laughs> and all the all the good things
4: live. Yeah.
1: And I remember ages ago when you came on the radio and you were talking about you went to LA.
4: Yep. And you went on... That was a lifetime ago. <laughs>
1: it, it's, it's a couple of footy seasons. Yeah. A couple of community yeah. cups, if we're I've going been... to use the analogy of the of the radio station. But I remember you were on sort of like this search for the Holy Grail, the, the perfect taco. Yeah, I
4: found that in Mexico City uh, 18 months ago.
1: Boom. Okay, tell us about that. Tell us about this epiphany. Uh,
4: it was, Taco epiphany. It was, it was late afternoon, and I was—I had a booking for it was um,
1: late afternoon. See, you remember this day really <laughs> oh, well. I don't Oh, I remember you? it really well. <laughs> All right,
4: because it was, it was important. It was. Um, we were <laughs> <laughs> we were going to. Um, I've forgotten what it's called. Enrique Alvera's restaurant, um, Puyol, mm-hmm. um, which is I don't know what number it is on San Pellegrino. It's the on the San Pellegrino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like it's, thirty. Maybe it's thirty something. If that, but it's 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 a big, serious restaurant. Uh-oh. I was with my, my, my old mate from LA. Mm. who now lives in Tijuana, yes. and we'd walked and walked and walked and ate, you know, snacks all day, and had it had an amazing day in Mexico City, and we got to this place called uh, Reyes Polo. Pollo, I should say. Is that raised chicken? Yep, raised yeah. chicken. So raised it was chicken. just rotisserie chickens, like, you know, sort of, I don't know, four levels of rotisserie chickens with a whole bunch of, um.
1: Like maybe Belvedere here, because they've yeah. got that big chicken rotisserie. So lots of chickens, lots spin of chickens, them.
4: with a whole bunch of kind of onions just sitting on the bottom cooking and all the chicken fat that was dripping down. Mm. And, um, I said to my mate Paul, oh, we've got to have one of those. He said, oh, but we're going to dinner soon. I don't know if we should. I said, shut I'm, up. I said, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> shut up. I'm, I'm eating that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so it was incredibly simple, just a piece of chicken, a bit of salsa, one of the most memorable things I ate. I mean, the dinner that night was incredible, but it wasn't maybe as memorable.
1: Or profundo. Yeah. There was something profound about something that is so perfect. It's like, okay, Matt's talking about getting the perfect risotto, Mm. but when you get these elements together, because it's it's fairly simple, but to get it amazing Amazing. can take so much time and and travel and looking for it and, yeah.
4: Mexico City, I mean, it really does have that street food that you dream of, I think, Mm. Um, because you don't know. I I was speaking to a friend that lives there, um, lives in Guadalajara, Nick from Tromba. And I said, you know, I really only had four days because I'd been working in the Caribbean and I had this quick sort of...
1: You were on a boat, weren't you? Yes, I was on a boat in the Caribbean. um... (laughs) Obviously, you don't want to talk about that. Moving around a
4: lot. Well, that was work. that's another story. Yeah, that's another another story story. for another time, as I say. Yes. But, yeah, you know, so I had this this kind of precious, you know, four days in Mexico City where I squeezed everything I could in. But um, I was explaining to to Nick that I, you know, we ate in the street for breakfast and lunch and then we went to really fancy restaurants for dinner. (laughs) And he said, that's what you do in Mexico. You eat at the bottom, and you eat at the top. You don't eat in the middle. So um,
1: that can define a lot of things about with food. Is the the mid market is the death zone? Yeah, can be always okay. Can be right. I think it
4: can be. I think it, yeah. Yeah. It can so be.
1: eat at the bottom. Eat at the at the top. So yeah. tell us about the yeah. So the bottom.
4: Ah, oh, you know, you've got street stalls. Can you
1: – let's go back. I, I want to just go back because I'm sort of thinking of um, – it's like a 1950s religious movie and the clouds have parted and there's choirs singing as you're eating this taco and the sun's bathing on you. What was it? Can you describe that taco? Like, for instance, the salsa. What was in the salsa?
4: I think it was a, a tomatillo sort of based salsa. Yep. It was, there was, You know, you put your own salsas, there's maybe three or four. Mm. It has, usually it has fresh onion. Onion, yeah. Um. Uh, I think what it is, is if you've got not too many elements that, that sing when they're together and they're perfectly cooked. And you've also got the businesses that specialize. Mm. So the other, you know, I had. I do chicken. Yeah, for that's instance. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do fish. Ca- yeah. Casadillas, um, blue corn, casadillas with Oaxaca cheese were another one of those. They were like, like kind of, you know, life changing moments in Mexico City. Yeah. So, you know, you've got generations of families who've, who've probably been on that corner for, I don't know, four or five generations, quite possibly making a variation on one thing. A thing. A thing. They might they might have a few variations of different yeah. fillings or toppings, but, yeah, they do it so. And, you, you know, you cannot really reproduce that here because you can't get, you know, it's almost impossible to get fresh muscle.
1: You can't get that thing.
4: And And, you know we're not quite there where we can specialise. We don't have the population. We don't have the critical mass to really specialise just yet. We're getting closer. Mm. It's starting to happen.
1: When it comes to food and sort of simple food, for me, music offers a really, really um, useful analogy. The the analogy of the chord. Mm -hmm. Three notes usually, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. And it's those things moving off each other which makes a really profound experience. Absolutely. Salsa for you is... um, for for the food is probably a, a useful thing to maybe talk about because we, um, Matt and I, we were joking. I mean, it's you know it's a useful thing just to sort of hang on something that's that's good and to talk about you know El Paso and how yeah we should look at that and and poo poo it. But for people to do great Mexican food at home, mm-hmm. what do they need?
4: I'd say some some dried chilies.
1: Dried chili. Yeah. yeah. There goes Matt. He's there you go. The blue bar <laughs> blue biro is flying. And this will be on the website too, by the way.
4: Uh Time, you need a bit of time. Quite often, like
1: T H Y, no T I M E. Thank both, you. Both
4: actually. Oh, both okay. both can be useful. Yes, good. Um, but I'd say if there's like, j- chipotles in adobo, are a must.
1: Boom, and that's that's the magic.
4: That's a magic, yeah. That's a yeah. magic, mag- magic Mexican pill.
1: Magic Mexican <laughs> pill, and that should be the thing that you should have in the pantry.
4: The, and they they're really forgiving. They even once you open the tin and put it into a container, they last a long time. They last for ages. Yeah. So they're they're a good investment. Yep. Um, but dried chilies have such a diversity of flavour. So you've got really smoky ones, you've got fruity ones, you've got spicy ones. You've got stupid spicy. hot ones. Yeah, so yeah. you've
1: got the whole range from say, uh, poblamo to uh, habanero, Habaneros, which is probably yeah. the that's the sort of area I want. I don't really want to go much further. Than well, that.
4: after that, you've got scotch bonnets and. Yeah, it's probably yes. a bit, much, bit yeah. much.
1: So, yeah, so chilies are, dried chilies are very, very important. Yeah, and yet
4: again, great shelf life. So, they're yeah. a good investment. You can sort of start to just experiment. I always say to people, just buy a few and experiment.
1: And the big thing is the surrounding of what you're doing, and you need a really good tortilla. Tortilla, yeah. And um, the best in Melbourne?
4: Uh, La tortilleria.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Look, El Cielo have really lifted their game too. I think there's sort of feel like there's tortilla wars going on at the moment. <laughs> Good.
1: Thanks. And and, we, and and where does one pick up those?
4: Well, you can get – I think uh, La Tortilleria. I know, are in a lot of retail outlets now.
1: And they last for ages too. I mean, they're in the packets and they're
4: – Yeah, until you open them. They yeah. last – yeah. Once you open them, you've got to use them up pretty quick. Mm. But, you know, I still – I know a lot of people that are big fans of the hard shell.
1: Yeah, I there's, mean, like, a, there's
4: a childhood nostalgia that goes with that. Yeah, yeah. and it, maybe that's that goes
1: back to you know what we were talking about with Ravi. It's sort of it's comfort food. It's comfort, what you didn't yeah. have to cook yourself that used to be provided, and dare I say it, it was sort of it was an occasion food, wasn't it? Really?
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, and also it's all relative. I, I remember when I first oh. really started to get into cooking Mexican food. Good fifteen years ago, and, hmm. and coming back from LA and having fresh corn tortillas and going wow, and the best I could get here were ones um, from Aztec Foods out in Italo-Marine, and oh, they were yeah. imported from LA, frozen, and, and I thought, oh, these are really good, and they weren't, but they were the best of a bad lot. And It's all relative, and I started making my own and thought they're not bad, but then you get La Tortilleria, and even you know, it's relative to what you know. Mm. So,
1: so it's um, it's about getting good good tortillas. Um, salsas don't overcomplicate things, was sort of what yeah. we were sort of saying. Yeah. And uh, for a, a quick salsa just to uh, lift us up out of this uh, low-hanging cloud and possible thunder and hail, mm-hmm. what would you be doing?
4: Oh, tomatillos probably. Yeah, another thing that, you know, you can buy fresh here not very often though. Mm. Um, they're a bit hard to come by, but even tinned ones are fine. Yep. So, yeah, we just tend to cook them Tomatillos. are uh, Lime juice. Well, you might finish it with, I would make a green salsa with, um, cook some onion, mm-hmm. just sweat some onion, some garlic, some uh, hala, fresh jalapenos, yep. and cook that down for a bit, then put in some tr- coriander roots, tom- uh, tomatillos, cook it down a bit, give it a rough blitz, and maybe finish it with a little bit of lime juice and some salt. That's an easy one.
1: There you go. <laughs> There's sunshine on the plate for you yeah. all there. Um, so when can we uh, expect that all the renovations are going to be finished at Mesa Verde look, down there in Swanson Street? Up
4: there. Up there. At Swanson um, Street. Look, the significant, <sighs> things that, Just in time. Uh, the significant things are all sort of in now, which is the booths and the new lighting from Mark Douglas, hand mm. glass and glass. Um, Mark Douglas? Yeah. He's
1: still around doing stuff. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> all right. Well, look, we're going to have to go. Uh, come on in. There's booze, there's booze, there's great food, and, uh, and now a brand new entranceway to come on in there. Um, we gotta go. We Namila's, go. uh,
2: getting ready to do it. Namila Benson, uh, covering Sunday lunch for this Sunday, and of course next week we'll be in Radiothon mode.
1: Looking forward to that. Kath, lovely to see you. Thanks for taking time for your Sunday to come and join us.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Our oh, pleasure. <laughs> uh, Maddie. See you next week. All that stuff's gonna be up on the website very soon. Oh yes. See you next week, and here comes Namila. Ooh.